Lifestyle Ministries, where our highest priority is making God real in your life. You can visit us online at womanatthewellministries.org. Now sit down with us as we look to the scriptures to learn more about God and to strengthen our daily walk with Jesus Christ. In this episode of the Woman at the Well Ministries podcast, join Pastor Kim Miller and Erica Close in a conversation as we walk with Jesus. In today's conversation, we share on the topic of gifts to unwrap all year long. And today, we're talking about the gifts of mercy and grace. Hello, this is Kim Miller, and thank you for joining us in this podcast of Woman at the Well Ministries. And I'm sitting here alongside Erica Close. Hello, everybody. And we are so happy to be talking about the gifts of mercy and grace. We are completing our series on gifts to unwrap that Jesus brings. And today it's on mercy and grace. Erica, tell us what you think mercy and grace means. Well, I think that these are two of the most amazing gifts um, that we could ever be given. And I think that we often interchange these words, but I think they do have two pretty incredible and pretty separate meanings. When we're talking about mercy, we're talking about compassion and about having compassion upon someone and about someone not getting what they deserve. So mercy is us not getting the punishment that we deserved or the consequences that we deserved. And then grace is often defined as unmerited favor, which basically means we're getting more than we do deserve. So we're getting blessings above what we would ever deserve. So those are just bestowed upon us. They aren't things that we can earn or things that we can buy or even things that we can steal. But grace are blessings God freely gives to those who are his children. And those who he loves. Which he loves all of us. And we all have that opportunity to be completely showered with grace and handled with mercy. Would you read for us Hebrews 4, 16, and then Ephesians 2, 4 through 7, please? Sure. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. And then in Ephesians 2, 4 through 7, we read, But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace are ye saved and hath raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. I love those verses. As you know, Hebrews 4 uh, is one of my favorite chapters, especially 14 through 16. And I love this verse in 16 where he says, we can come boldly to the throne of grace. So we're coming to a place where God is going to bestow his grace upon us. He is going to give us 
unmerited favor. Just the fact that we can stand in his presence and have a conversation with him is 100% unmerited favor. There's no question about it. And then he says that we could obtain mercy. You know, that always reminds me and throws me back to 1 John 1, 9 that says if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And I love that because that's the grace I'm asking for when I come to the throne because I'm saved. I have given my heart to the Lord. I gave my heart to the Lord when I was five. And so every time I'm coming asking for grace, it's not the grace of salvation. I have that. I'm asking for the grace of unmerited favor because once again, I have not done it quite like God would want me to have done it. That's what I think of in Hebrews 4, 16. And I think that in, it's fascinating in this verse to me how grace and mercy are, t- are tied together, right? Because grace is that unmerited favor. that It's that unmerited favor, that absolute love that allows us access to God. But we have access to God that we can obtain the mercy, Right, we we're given this gift of access to Him, to for the mercy and the compassion to for salvation. Right, to not get what we deserve, and then once we've obtained that mercy, you know, the gift, the merciful gift of salvation, then we find grace to help in time of need. So that grace sustains us all the way through. I'm certain that there are many times after salvation we still need mercy. Right, but that grace is all sustaining and keeps going. In Ephesians chapter two, verses four through seven that you were talking about also intertwines mercy and grace. It says he's rich in mercy. I mean, we had a sin debt we couldn't pay. And we deserve death because the wages of sin is death. But instead he gives us the gift of life, which is Jesus Christ. And so we live a life that is abundant. In fact, he said that he came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. And he says we can have joy unspeakable and be full of his glory. And these are all things that are mercy because we deserved punishment. But instead, we are given such great gain and such great reward. And it's his mercy to not punish us and his grace to continue to bestow his blessings upon us that... We are unwrapping, I would have to say, moment by moment. Absolutely. In that verse, it talks about how we were dead in our sins. So in his mercy, right, we are not held accountable, you know, for our sins. But then it quickly goes on to say that, you know, he's quickened us together with Christ. You know, he sort of lumps us together. I mean, think about how much God loved his son, right? He sort of lumps us in that. Like we are quickened with Christ. And it says, and made us sit together in heavenly places. Like he's creating a place for us with Jesus in heaven. Like there's a heavenly place, you know, know reserved. from John 14, in my father's house are many mansions. And if it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you that where I am, you may be also. Absolutely. And in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in kindness. I love the in kindness. It doesn't just say in kindness. He says, in his kindness toward us. us. I mean, kindness, that is like an extra step, you know? 
loving someone, but when you're kind to them, that's an extra step. You do it because you love them, but it's an extra step, an extra effort, and he is kind toward us. And I think that makes me think of how we, you know, as Christians can operate. We can provide mercy to someone, not give someone something that they deserve, but not show them extra kindness. Right? We can check off the boxes and do a lot of things right and not show extra kindness. But that's not what we're called to do. Right? We are called to extend that same mercy and grace to others that we ourselves have, been, had, have had extended to us through God. But at the same time, we also need to show that kindness, that over and above love. And I love that because it reminds me in James 4, 6, where he says, but he giveth more grace. And we're told that his grace is sufficient, but he giveth more grace. I think sometimes we're excited when we just give a little grace. We're like, woohoo, look at me. But he giveth more grace and he goes over and over and over. I don't know about you, but the things that the Lord deals with me about are kind of the same few things. Again and, and again, again and again. And that's what I call grace. I mean, I get frustrated with myself, but God never says game over. He doesn't shut the book and say, we're done forgiving. I'm done helping you over this. You did this last year. You did this last week. You did this yesterday. You did this 20 minutes ago. He doesn't do that. He just gives more grace. And he says in that same verse in James 4, 6, he says, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. And I I believe what he's telling us is, is that when we are arrogant and proud and we feel like we are above reproach and we're lying to ourselves that we are all that in a bag of chips and that we don't need God's grace, he doesn't give it. But those people who understand that it is by God's grace they're making it. They understand that they're not all that in a bag of chips and that they don't have it all figured out and that they aren't holier than thou and they don't, you know, walk above reproach. Those are the people he is constantly giving the grace to because they are the people who are living like he did. He giveth more grace. In 2 Corinthians 12, 9, we read, and he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. In those places where we need strength, the places where we are humble, right? The places where we don't have what is necessary to do whatever is next. His grace just pours out, right? His, our strength is made perfect. His strength is made perfect in our weakness. So it's our weaknesses that we can glory in because those are the places where Christ gets to just show off his grace. It's him and not us. And when you talk about, you know, our areas where we can't take care of ourselves, the one that quickly comes to mind is our salvation. And Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says it's for by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God not of works, lest any man should boast. And in those two verses, 
He's letting you say the greatest thing in your life, which is salvation, the greatest gift that you've been given, which is the gift of salvation given to you by through Jesus Christ by God. You don't have a thing in it. You can't earn it. You can't buy it. You can't make it. But I'm going to give it to you because I love you. That is the definition of grace we can all grasp. And that verse clearly demonstrates that grace is a gift. Yes. Right? Grace is the gift. It's the, it's the salvation as a gift of God. As grace is unmerited favor, getting more than we deserve. Like, grace is a gift. And it goes, if that wasn't enough to help you understand that, then in Titus 3, 5, he says, not by works of righteousness. Remember in Ephesians 2, 8, 9, he said that we are saved by grace, not of ourselves, not of works. And Titus 3, 5 then again says, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. Remember, death is the, the result of sin. It is the penalty of sin, but we are spared that because he who knew no sin became sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Which is not what we deserve. Because he said, according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing and regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. We are washed by Jesus's blood and given the Holy Spirit that we might live a life through him so that we could be justified. In 1 Peter 1, 3, we read, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again, right? Allowed us to be born again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. There's that mercy. That's that works of righteousness he did. Exactly. His abundant mercy, according to his, like we read in Titus 3, 5, that by his mercy, he saved us. This mercy was necessary because, as you said, we were headed for death because of our sin. Right. But he steps in, pays the price, pays the debt, takes care of the penalty, and we are justified as if we never sinned. Romans 3.24, remember 3.23 says that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But 3.24 then says being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Justified means just as if I never sinned. So this renewing, this regeneration, this washing our sins away by the blood of Jesus Christ, this grace that is bestowed upon us and the mercy that we miss the judgment of sin also renders us to God as if we never sinned. That's sort of amazing to me because it's his mercy. I think you just said it's mercy that we miss the judgment and we miss the judgment and that in and of itself would be enough, but by his grace, we're completely redeemed, right? By his grace, we were set up in heavenly places, right? By his grace, you know, we have the power of Christ in us. By his mercy, we miss the judgment, and then by his grace, we are gifted with so much. And, you know, I think we are so, especially those of us who've been saved a long time, 
I think we get so caught up in how we're saved and and so caught up in the fact that we are saved that we really forget what God gave up. I mean, we get that Jesus died on the cross and we can't fathom the pain that that cost him, but we don't realize what he gave up to get to that point. The story didn't start with him on the cross. He was in the splendor of heaven and 2 Corinthians 8, 9 gives us a glimpse into it and it says, for ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor that ye through his poverty might be rich. What a verse. He left the splendor of heaven where everything was under his feet and he was in control of everything with no need or lack to come to a place where there was no room for him to be born. He was born to a, to a, 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 a low-class family. He, he was a carpenter by trade. He didn't have a home of his own so that we could be rich in Christ Jesus, so that we could inherit the riches of Christ because we are his family. We are part of the family of God through the crucifixion and resurrection and the precious sinless blood of the Son of God, Jesus, who took that all upon himself, that me who was undeserving certainly didn't merit the favor and should have been put to death for sin, could go free and live abundant life. First Peter 2.10 says, which in time past you were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. He gave all of that, that we could become the people of God. It's so hard to fathom. And I guess we'll leave you in this podcast and finishing up this series of gifts to unwrap with mercy and grace with second John one, three that says grace be with you mercy and peace from God, the father and from the Lord Jesus Christ, the son of the father in truth and love. Remember you are loved. Jesus loves you. Thank you all for joining us today in this program of Woman at the Well Ministries. We pray that it has been a blessing to you, and we encourage you to reach out to us through our website or our Facebook page. You can find us at watwm.org and at facebook.com watwm, where you will find devotions and many additional Bible resources to enhance your personal walk with God. Woman at the Well Ministries is a nonprofit organization dedicated to serving our Heavenly Father, and it is through your loving and generous support that our ministry continues to bless others. If you would like to partner with Women at the Well Ministries, please visit our website at watwm.org. We would like to thank the gospel group Fudge Creek for letting us play their hit song, Happy Girl. Greatly appreciate your prayers. Know that we pray for our listeners. Remember that God loves you, and you are loved.
happy girl. She's a happy girl. She's a happy girl. Living a life for Christ. She's a happy girl. Not that melancholy never comes to plague her soul. She just knows whatever happens. Happy girl.